to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your host, Nicole Roan, and thank you for joining me today. If this is your first time here, welcome to the safe space where we talk openly and honestly about the challenges that we face as women, toggling all the different hats that we have between motherhood, being an employee and or an entrepreneur, being a spouse or a significant other, and just all that comes with that. We get down and dirty and talk all about how to really create balance and ultimately increase your capacity so that you can be successful and show up in excellence in every single area of your life. Now, if you are a regular here, welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here. Make sure that you have joined the community at my website, NicoleRone.com because I do have some exclusive offers that are coming up for those of you who are part of the sister friend circle, including access to my new capacity calculator that is going to help you realize where you are in terms of capacity, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially. So basically across all of the different pillars of flow. Let me know how you enjoyed those four weeks of the Heart Flow series because I know we covered a lot of information, but I hope that it was truly helpful for you. As for today, we are talking all about capacity. And I know most folks, when they hear capacity, or at least I did, think of capacity in terms of a warehouse, right? Just this calculation that you can use to figure out how much capacity the warehouse can hold or just across any sort of business, right? But today we're talking about what this means from a people perspective. So where are you at in terms of your capacity across all of these different areas? And I'm gonna focus specifically on mental capacity, emotional capacity, and spiritual capacity. Not to say that your work capacity or your physical capacity are not important, but these to me are the cornerstone of you being able to show up in excellence and create that balance that you need between your personal and professional life so that things can flow smoothly and you can continue to operate in flow. And if you aren't operating in flow, we're going to talk about how you are able to do so throughout the podcast today. Before we jump in, though, can I just go on a little bit of a event and talk about Halloween? Now, I don't know if any of you guys have younger children, but around here, Halloween is a really big deal. We go through this shindig of picking out costumes, and for the second time this time, we're doing matching costumes, and the theme is superheroes because our little five-year-old Liam just absolutely loves superheroes. But I was asking my sister the other day, is she going to take my nephew trick-or-treating? And so we're not. And that's so different for us because just the joy of watching my son run back and forth to the different houses and having him get worn out and then sorting through the candy, it's a whole process. So we are a little bit bummed about that. I'm not going to lie. However, we are excited to be having like a Halloween party. So we're going to combine things with my sister and maybe a couple of other friends and really just do a a costume and Halloween party inside, full blown with a pinata and just make it happen. So I want you to know if you too are bummed about Halloween coming up and really not being able to go out and trick or treat, then I suggest you to do a Halloween party. 
Just my two cents. Okay, so jumping right in, I want to talk about what capacity is. And I posted a quote a couple of weeks ago, and I want to read to you that quote quickly. Capacity is a noun, and it's the specific ability of a person or organization, but we're going to focus on people because, you know, that's what we do. So it's the specific ability of a person measured in quantity and level of quality over an extended period of time. So it's basically your ability to show up for yourself, for work, for those who are in your family or friends, and how well you're able to do that. So the quantity and the quality that you're able to put into that. I don't know about you, but I've either found myself or heard whether it's coworkers, friends, or family members, say things like, you know what, I don't have the energy, or I'm maxed out, or I've had it up to here, and I don't even know where here is, right? And so I want to get to the bottom of what does that really mean? When you're saying that, what does it mean? And let's talk through how that impacts the different areas in your life and your ability to show up in excellence. First. Let's dive into mental capacity. I want to start there because I feel like that's the crux of everything, right? Whether it's getting up in the morning to get ready for work or you are at work carrying out a project or you're at home dealing with a situation with a friend or your spouse or your children, you need to have the mental capacity to be able to do that. And oftentimes we as women running around with this superhero cape are so strapped and at max capacity, and we don't even know it. And we don't know it because we're not taking the time to stop and think about all the different things that are going on in our heads on a daily basis. So for me personally, I'm one of those who is a list maker. And so I'm really, really good at writing out all the different things that I need to do. But let's be honest, sometimes even writing that list out and then looking back at it, it's like, oh, I don't even have (laughs) the mental ability to do half of these things. And so it's overwhelming, right? And so we want to get to a space where not only are we in tune with what's going on mentally, like what's on our plates and what's using up our mental energy, but also how are we dealing with it? And how is it impacting your ability to show up as a mom, as an employee, and just showing up for yourself? I want to go back to being a list maker for a minute. So one of the tools that I've used to help me throughout making all these different lists is to list out what I needed to do for who based on, I guess I'll say my different roles. For example, I would list out what I needed to do as a mom, what I needed to do as an employee what I needed to do as an entrepreneur, what I needed to do as a spouse, a big sister, and so on. And I said a while ago that oftentimes as busy, high-achieving women, we're not even on our own to-do list. So let's just pause there for a second because that's where we need to get better at making sure, number one, that we're even on that list of things to do. You're so busy thinking about and planning for all the different things you need to do for everybody else that you aren't even aware of where you fit into that. So your mental capacity is already taxed by everybody else around you. When you add to that the demands mentally of 
things you may have going on in your relationship, whether it's with your significant other or a friend or family member, on top of all the different ways you're being pulled and spread thin at work, it's no wonder that most of us are running around on E completely unaware that we're officially maxed out. And then we wonder why we're overwhelmed and too exhausted to even get in the shower at night because you're dealing with so much on your mind that you don't have the space or capacity to really even think. I have to ask you, when was the last time that you really sat down and thought about and or wrote out everything that is on your plate? I'm talking about really diving deep. I want you to do that for me. And then tell me in social media what you found out, okay? Moving on to emotional capacity. This is something that is very, very, very near and dear to my heart. And you're probably like, girl, you say that about everything. But it's the truth. A lot of things are near and dear to my heart. But this in particular hits me like a ton of bricks because for the longest time, I completely avoided feeling my emotions. I didn't want to feel anything, whether it was happy, sad, somewhere in between. It was because I was literally trying to make it through another day. When you're in survival mode, all you're thinking about is getting to the next thing. And for me, that was making sure I was showing up to work on time, making sure that I was getting my work done. I was on autopilot, like making sure that there was dinner on the table or that the kids were in the bathtub. It was just a lot. And it was so much easier for me to just not feel. And I didn't even realize how deep I had pushed my emotions down until about a year or so ago when I was in therapy. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize all this was still there. Like, I'm still holding on to that. I haven't even thought about it. So it's critical that you get in touch with yourself emotionally. Eventually, whatever it is that you're feeling is going to come back to the surface. So it doesn't matter if it's two, five, 10, or 20 years from now. If you don't deal with those emotions, they're going to start to impact you in other areas of your life. For me, I talked about how it impacted me from a physical and medical standpoint to where my body shut down. And it's because I just literally shoved everything down. I didn't deal with it. So it manifested in a different form. So you have to be able to take inventory of where you are emotionally. So ask yourself, do you express your emotions? So this could be whether you express yourself to your partner, whether you express yourself at work, how you stand up for yourself. Like, do you express how you feel and what you think? If not, you got to get that in check. And I'm going to give you some tools on how to do that. And this might be a silly question, but I honestly didn't know the answer to it. Did you know that there are more emotions than the basic ones that we've, I guess, mastered and been taught, right? Sadness, anger, happiness, love, things like that. You got to get down deeper. And is it anxiousness? Is it worthlessness? Is it, you know, extreme good energy? There's a lot of different things. And I'll also share with you this emotions wheel, I think it is, that helped me to really identify what I was feeling, why I was feeling it, and where it was coming from. When you're maxed out emotionally, it shows up in a lot of different ways. For example, at work, 
if you use emotional intelligence a lot, aka the soft skills, right? If you're not able to pay attention to those subtle body languages or, you know, the tone of voice because you're tapped out emotionally, you could potentially make a mistake that could cost you your job. And I know that that sounds extremely severe, but it's the truth. I've worked with countless managers and leaders who have been so frustrated by what they have going on at home that they end up coming in and snapping and going off on their team. And then that in turn leads them to being fired for misconduct and policy and all of that. So you got to think about how it's impacting you at your work to be so numb to different feelings. And then when you take that over to your family, right, your home life, since we're all about home and work balance here, you can also show up that way numb to your friends and family who need you. For example, there was a point with my five-year-old where I was literally on autopilot and him telling me, hey, I want to show you this or mommy, can we do this? And I'm just totally ignoring him because I'm emotionally drained. I'm not picking up on that he really needs me in that moment just to pay him some attention. And that's not okay. So you got to make sure you're checking your emotional capacity and checking in with yourself. Let's get into this faith capacity though. And I'm probably going to go in a direction that you aren't quite expecting. And I want to talk about capacity in terms of it being depleted, negative like your bank account being negative, right? So your faith account being negative. Have you ever been so caught up in everything that you have going on that you look up and realize either you haven't been to church in three months or you can't remember the last time you prayed, things like that? Well, I definitely have been there and I can tell you that in the midst of everything that I had going on in 2019, I realized that it had been a really long time since I prayed. Of course, I'm in the hospital, basically on my deathbed and praying like, God, I know I ain't came to you in a while, but I'm gonna really need you to get me up out of this one, right? And so I wanna talk about how important it is to really check in with yourself and where you are with your capacity for faith. Because oftentimes in this area, People are more depleted than they are filled. I want to give you four quick, I guess, signs that you are losing faith or that you've lost faith, if that makes sense. So number one, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. It's that you're not praying anymore. It could be that you've prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing has come to fruition. So you're just over it. You're like, you know what? I'm not even going to pray anymore because what's the point? Nothing is happening. And that's a really, really scary place to be. And I can say this because I've been there. I talk a lot about my marriage. And at one point I completely stopped praying and I'm like, it is what it is. He's going to do what he wants to do. And I'm just going to figure it out, but I'm not praying about it no more. I'm done and I'm over it. Number two you become really, really isolated. And of course, this is a symptom and sign of depression as well. But as we're talking about faith, most of us really enjoy the community of being in faith and in fellowship with others, whether you believe in God and Jesus or Allah or the universe or whatever it is. 
being in like-minded company is something that helps you to get through the moment. When you have other people that are saying, hey, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Everything happens for a reason and reminding you of that. When you withdraw from that, you lose that connection as well. So if you've noticed that not only you're not praying and that you're isolated, you might be in a space where you are lacking some faith capacity and you're completely depleted. So the third one is that you are extremely frustrated. And I'm talking about everything, like the littlest thing set you off. It could be that you went to walk the dog and he broke off the leash, or you went to get your favorite spoon out of the drawer and it was dirty. Like you're snapping about everything and just completely frustrated and overwhelmed. And again, this comes in with the everything happens for a reason. I know that, you know, I didn't get that parking space at work because somebody else needed it. It's really just that mindset. So you allow any and everything to completely and utterly frustrate you. And then the fourth one is that you probably are questioning your faith altogether whether you're questioning who or what to believe in or if you should even have faith, it's like you lose hope. And again, I've been through each and every one of these and it's a really, really dark place. And so if you notice that you're experiencing any of these, I want you to really tap into what is it that you need to help restore your faith? Do you need to go talk to somebody that you normally talk to, whether they're from church or a friend, or do you need to figure out a new different kind of meditation? Think about what's worked for you in the past when you've been in this position or close to this position. What's helped restore your faith, your hope, your belief that everything that you're going through is happening not to you, but for you? I want to dive into giving you guys a couple of tips that I've used personally to help me, I guess, really get in touch with where I'm at capacity wise, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And this is nothing new that I've said, but I'm going to explain it in a context of how it's helped me in each and every one of those areas. Let's start with therapy. Now, I'm a firm believer that you can have Jesus and a therapist or whoever or whatever it is that you believe in. But therapy is so, 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 so necessary. I remember when I first realized that I was in an abusive relationship, I went to my therapist and she really helped me confirm and solidify and get through what I needed to do, which I already knew what I needed to do, but I wanted some confirmation. But she helped me tackle it from a mental and emotional perspective. And to this day, I am still in therapy once a week. We have family therapy. My daughter has an individual therapist. Even our five-year-old has a therapist. And it's not because things are so out of control or just crazy. It's to continue the maintenance that's needed to handle everything that I'm going through or that we are going through as a family from a mental perspective. And if you add on to that the COVID and all the things that are happening, especially for those who are melanated with Black Lives Matter and just the trauma and witnessing all of these different things, therapy has been my very, very, very best friend. And right now, I feel like I have the best therapist on this side of heaven. Hey, Dr. Noel, if you're listening, 
She is a therapist in the Chicago area. Actually, she has an office in both Naperville and Chicago. And she is African-American. And her and her husband are sort of a team duo. So it's a fabulous and just magnificent therapy practice. It's called Noel and Associates. I'm not sure if she does anything virtually for people outside of Illinois, but if you have a chance, just look her up because she's not only helped in restoring our marriage, but helping me to get to the bottom of some of my own personal and, you know, deeply rooted issues from trauma and just everything else. And since we're talking about therapy, I want to remind you, now this is the 10 plus years of HR coming out in me, most people have access to what's called an Employee Assistance Program, or EAP. And through that, you either have a couple of different free sessions that you can get for counseling, So you can call up your EAP. They typically have something online as well. So you have to talk to your HR department. But this is something that is so heavily underutilized in organizations, and it's 100% free to you. And it's free to you and anyone in your entire household. So if you got a bunch of people that are living with you, they have access to this too. And it's 24 hours a day. It's 100% confidential, literally The folks at your EAP do not and cannot tell your employer or anybody who asks what you called for, what you guys talked about, and it's a free resource. So if you are on the fence about therapy and you want to at least give it a little bit of a try, check with your HR department on your employee assistance program. And of course, if you have questions, you know this is my lane, so feel free to reach out to me about that, okay? Also under the therapy piece, I want to talk to you about intensive outpatient therapy. So about a year or so ago, I had a nervous breakdown and I ended up, okay, of course, because I was in therapy already, right? I went to the behavioral health hospital in my area and just talked openly and honestly about what I was dealing with mentally, emotionally, how it was impacting me at work. And I enrolled in this intensive outpatient program where I was with a bunch of other people who were struggling with similar things. And that program has literally changed my life. I cannot tell you how important it is that if you are struggling with depression, anxiety, any sort of mood disorder, and just really feeling like things are off, take an assessment through your local behavioral health. And chances are they also have some sort of intensive outpatient program for you to participate in for your mental health. Your mental capacity is so important. I cannot say this enough. And especially in the black and brown communities, we think that we can pray things away. And that's not the case. You're not going to pray away a heart attack, right? You're going to pray about it, but you're also going to see a cardiologist. So we have to really get in the habit of utilizing those resources and tapping into therapy because it's so, 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 so important. Okay, so the next resource that I've used is honestly my squad. And this has been for mental, emotional, in some cases even spiritual, where I've been depleted or I'm tapped out. So I talked last week a lot about how your needs change over the years, right? who you needed or what you needed in terms of support 
may be different today. And it probably should be different today if you're growing. You need people around you that you can talk to about what you're going through in a non-judgmental way. So having, you know, someone that you've been friends with, in my case, for 30 years, who knows me inside and out to talk to about what's happening, whether it's in my marriage or dealing with this five-year-old and a teenager or whatever it is. Having someone just to listen to you is so, so, so important. And someone who knows you, right? And I have the pleasure of having a handful of folks in my camp that are my squad. So if I'm having a bad day or I'm ready to throw one of these kids out the window. I'm not really going to do that, but you know what I'm saying. Y'all moms know what I'm talking about. Or I'm going through it with my husband. It's so important just to have a squad. If you don't have one, make sure you check out the episode from last week that talks about how to grow that circle of influence and really get the support that you need. Okay, the third area or I guess resource that I want to share with you that is also heavily underutilized in my opinion is journaling. When I went through that intensive outpatient program, I had to journal. It was part of the process, right? And I'd journaled before because I like to write, but I hadn't journaled in a way that helped me to go deeper into my emotions, into my mental state on what I was feeling and why I was feeling it, getting really to the root of that. And journaling will help you to do that. And yes, it can be time consuming. And if you haven't written in a long time, because I know most of us are texting and typing and such, but really bust out some pen and paper, get you a journal. They sell them all over the place. The dollar store, Target, Walmart, Ross has a lot of cute ones. You know, get one that speaks to you. Some of them have journal prompts, some of them don't. But really take the time to write out what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And oftentimes when you go back and reread that, when you're in a different place in your life, you're like, wow, I remember exactly how I was feeling that day. And ooh, this helped me really get to the root of the issue that I have with my own self-esteem. So don't take journaling for granted. It also helps you to identify where you're at capacity-wise when we're talking about faith as well. Through my journaling practices, I realized, again, that I hadn't prayed in a long time, that I had stopped having faith. And as I read through some of those journal entries from a year or two ago, I'm like, wow, okay, I can see that this is where I was at. So please make sure that if you have not journaled in a while, or if you're new to journaling, pick it up because it's going to help you in each of the areas that I've talked about today. Help you with your mental capacity, your emotional capacity, and even in your faith capacity. So for the final one I have for you, this is how I have managed through everything that I've been to. I talked a little bit ago about how my faith capacity was on E and completely depleted. And I was nervous and embarrassed about going back to church. I didn't want anybody to be looking at me or pointing me out like, girl, we ain't seen you in a long time. What's going on? So I tapped into TD Jakes online. Now, you can listen to whoever you want to, but if you're in a space where you need some motivation and you realize that you're just lacking in the faith department, there's nothing wrong with tapping into that online. And of course, most churches are online right now anyway because of COVID. So it's a really good time to figure out who you need and what you like. Now, yes, I do still attend my church virtually, but I also still listen to 
Pastor T.D. Jakes. He has been so beneficial and instrumental in helping me get my head and heart right and tapping into my faith. Others that I've listened to are Joel Osteen, I believe, but it just, I can't tell you enough how much it's meant to really have access to someone online. And it's made a world of difference in my life. So if you're struggling faith-wise, my recommendation is to check out T.D. Jakes. There's lots and lots and lots of sermons that can help you. That is all I have for you today, peoples. So really just, again, making sure that you're tapping into and taking stock of your capacity mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I do want to tell you that I will be doing lives on Friday, starting this Friday, talking about the different elements and pillars of flow. So make sure you join me. And of course, if you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, what are you waiting for? Make sure you do so today so that you can stay up to date on all the different happenings in this community. I know that you know somebody who also needs to hear this today. So make sure you share this with at least three other women. And until then, next week, I want to again thank you for being here and listening to me today. And I look forward as your capacity coach to continuing to help you create balance between your personal and professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself and what matters to you most. Talk to you soon.